Stevie, I think you should start the show today. Okay. Hey, what's going on, guys? Steve Andes here. Uh, this is a Thought Exchange. I got my boy. Hey, it's Cameron Barkey. Thought Cam Exchange right Cameron, here. Cameron Barkey. Thought yeah. Exchange. And we have the beautiful Jennifer Murphy in the hot seat today. Hello. Yeah. You can look at any camera. It doesn't okay. really matter. Yeah. So let's start off by uh, just telling us a little bit about who you are. Okay. Where you come from. What your background is. What's my background? Okay. Yeah. My name is Jennifer Murphy. I'm an Edmontonian. I went to Vic. I Ooh, School of Performing Arts. School of Performing Arts. I'm not an actress. I'm a realtor. So I put my face on your lawn instead of up at the theaters, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Local. I've done a ton of traveling, ton of personal development work. Yeah, we were talking about that before the episode. Um, the 360, for those of you listening right now, the 360 tapped out. And uh, we didn't get any behind the scenes, but uh, me and Jen here, we had, a great, uh, we had a great conversation about traveling and learning about ex uh, experiences while traveling and kind of the wealth that traveling brings. So uh, you said you've been to, what, 48 countries? 48 countries, yes. In what was the time span of that? You've been to 48 countries? Yeah. You're all over the place. Yeah. All, mostly South American countries? Well, but you got to remember, like I did Europe all in one swing in my 20s, right? So that was 20 countries, 19 countries right there. And how long? Um, I traveled for eight years straight. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. But I, what, like what never coming back? I would always come back. I would come back like Christmas or my birthday or whatever. But I would just, um, so I moved to LA when I was 18. And then I moved to London when I was 20, got a worker's permit, right? And with yeah. that money, I traveled all over Europe. And then I came back and I lived in Rome for a year as an English teacher, which was this amazing job where I just got paid to learn Italian, really. <laughs> so like kind of the opposite? It's like, well, because when, when you're just... teaching somebody a word in English, they say it out to you back in, in their language, right? But yeah. you get to learn it for free because yeah. you're getting paid. So you're learning Italian and you're teaching them That's English. That's right. And it was right during the crossover of the year from the lira to the euro. So all the European Union banks had to be in English. Yeah. It was their new mandated language. So you're teaching like presidents of the banks. They, they, they don't care about English. They don't want to learn English. No. So we would go for ice cream. We would go shopping or they wouldn't show up for their lesson. You still get paid. Like it was awesome. <laughs> they just wouldn't show up because they didn't give two hoots about learning English. Why? They're in their 40s, 50s. They're making six-figure salaries for the past 20 years. They don't, they don't care. They yeah. just had to do it just to get it on a piece of paper? On a piece of paper, and they would say, hey, sign here, sign there. Yeah, it was fun. That's so funny. And how old are you while you're doing this? I was in my 20s. And I actually came home at the library. This, is, this is like goes to show you that books are not real. It's like books are somebody's opinion. We yeah. have to remember that, right? Yeah. So I, re I pick up this book, and it says how to work and live in Europe, right? And I turn to Italy and I read this address and it says Via Nemorense, like n number 39. I was like, why is that so familiar? And then I was like, oh yeah, the Ministero del Lavoro. I never translated that in my head, but the people that would have granted me a work permit, yeah. I taught the whole building. Like the people that would have thrown me out of the country for not having a work permit. That's so funny. I taught the whole building. How to speak English. Without a work permit. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> the Ministry of Work with yeah. my client. Yeah, that's hilarious. That I, Did they just not check? No, because this is how you do business in Italy. I like you, you like me, good enough. Yeah. Right? But if you fuck that shit up, then it's done. Then I got, then then I, I got a problem. It's like, it's the same thing with the computers and the thing is we're like, oh. You fucked up. Let's take a look at some of these uh, violations you did on the on these uh, contracts you you agreed to. That's hilarious, and that's why they're always yelling at each other, eh? Like, always like <laughs> I used to live with an Italian. I lived with an Italian and a uh, oh, what was he? Uh, Spanish, Italian, Spanish. Mm. But their language is uh, fairly similar, a little bit. Like, there's a little bit of a cross. They understood each other. I speak Italian and Spanish, so I mix them a lot too. Yeah, they cross over every now and then. They right? big time cross over. Yeah, French a yeah. little bit too, a touch. It's For like, sure. Uh, like uh, molto bono, bono, bieno, bien, bien. Yeah, it's like they're all like good, bueno. good, good, bueno. Yeah, so they're all kind of the same, but they would always be yelling at each other, and I was like, "What are you guys talking about?" And well, they're, they're my experience of that culture is that they're passion based. Yeah, very passionate, and that's yeah. cool. I, I I agree with them. I agree with them. We should. We should be doing business just because we like each other. And, and there's a bunch of rules and regulations, but yeah, we're not going to follow them unless we really have to, right? So Yeah. Are you talking about in Italy? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I got paid in a brown paper bag, just a stack of cash every Friday like it was salami. That's hilarious. <laughs> like somebody just passed me this bag and I was like, cool. That would have been so funny. Because <laughs> you didn't have a permit, you were just getting paid I, under no, the table. yeah. It's just like... And you taught the people that were going to kick you out. That would have technically busted me, yeah. <laughs> Did they know? Well, I didn't know that I... I probably thought somewhere on the line, yeah, I need a work permit. But then when I'm actually going to the minister, you know, Ministerio del Lavoro, oh, I have to be there at 4 o'clock. So you're in a rush, you got to take the subway, and yeah. wear proper shoes, and you know, all this type of stuff. So you're not actually thinking like, oh, that's the Ministry of Work, and maybe I shouldn't tell them all I'm Canadian again today, but I did, you yeah. know? And, and they're like obsessed with certain things. They're like... They were like, say Saskatchewan again. <laughs> I'm like, oh my. I'm like, it is the least exciting place in Canada, but okay, Saskatchewan. <laughs> such a beautiful word. <laughs> they loved it, yeah. yeah that's, that's hilarious. So they then this is, this is, uh, you said your 20s. Yeah, so maybe this is 2002. Mm. I go to uh, work in London first, get my working holiday maker, and then I discover people want to learn English and it's an awesome skill to have. And I'm working in this restaurant and people are bringing me their homework. Like, Jennifer, can you fill this out? And I was like, of course uh, I can fill it out. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. when, how, who, cat. And, I, and then, but I'm helping them, right? And like, so I then I get a lot this. more people asking me and I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. And then I come home and I did that Tesla course for like 400 bucks. Yeah. It was on a weekend. And then I was hired, like instantly. I went, well, I... Went to Italy not really caring if I would get a job, but I did get a job. And I went to three interviews and they hired all, they offered me a job. Just right on the spot. Right on the spot. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. Then I actually went back, like the, the lady was, she's like, well, what did they offer you? And I didn't really know that I was negotiating at the time. I was like, oh, I don't know this much. And she goes, hold on. And she comes back and she's like, we're going to offer you more. And I was like, oh. Cool. Oh, yeah. You didn't even know you were in a negotiation there. I didn't know anything about negotiation back then. Right? I was just like, okay, I want to be done with this interview so I can get on with my day. And then you go back and say, I'm going to have to quit because someone else offered me more money. And be like, how much did they offer you? Right. It was <laughs> not, it was, it was like not a... strategy at the time. It really wasn't. I was innocent. I, I just, but I did end up working there and they were a really fun company and it was an amazing experience. And then I got to learn Italian. Not that I speak Italian ever. Like I speak Italian at the Italian Center Shop. That's about it. I don't really engage. How many languages do you know now? 
I just, no, I'm, well, well, three, but. Spanish, English. I speak Spanish really, really well because I go to a Spanish-speaking country every single year and I go to a new country. That's my mandate. New country so you go every to South year. America every year. Yeah, South America, Central America, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I did a cruise this year, so we did uh, Puerto Rico and we did, um, what's right beside Haiti? Dominican Republic, and then we did, oh my, Bahamas. So I was always. Bahamas and is not Spanish, though. I know Bahamas is not Spanish. So French, Cuba is. No, they, they speak, what do they speak in Bahamas? They speak English. No, English. no, no. They have a. They got it's like broken a, English. Oh, for sure. They have their Bahamian. Bohemian. Bohemian. No, it's not Bohemian. They're called though. Bohemians. Hmm. I don't know about that. Hmm. Yeah, they're called the Bohemians. I was just there. In the Bahamas. Yeah. In the Bahamas. Are you sure? Yeah, the Bohemians. That sounds odd to me. Yeah. There's a bunch of Bohemians over there. It doesn't sound right. <laughs> Baja, Baja, Baja. I don't know. Baja Peninsula. That's Mexico. Yeah, now I'm just sounding like an idiot, yeah. Um, okay, Bohemians, sure. I, for, I think that's what they called them. They called them when I was there. Like, That's like a lying question because he's Bohemian. Oh, Bohemian, lion? like B-A-H from the Bahamas, not Bohemian. B-A-H. Not Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian, yes, Bohemian, I'll go yeah. with that. Yeah, I could go with that. Not Bohemian. That. Bohemian is a different word altogether. It's a, it's a, yeah. yeah, different word altogether. Maybe I don't know. Bohemian, we'd, have to, yeah. we'd have to see. I don't know. I we'd have to Google it. Yeah, yeah. figure yeah. it out. I'm <laughs> not from there, so I don't know. Yeah, they but, would say Bohemians. So. Okay, I guess so. So, so then you, uh, you're doing one country. Is that what, what sparked you doing one country a, uh, a year? As well as, if you're doing one country a year, I know you got some crazy stories. So yeah. yeah I, I, I can see you and you've, uh, you've been through a lot or done a lot. Or like there's, a, there's a story behind you somewhere. There's a can, story behind me somewhere. Yeah, there's a story there. Like you've done some crazy stuff I can see. I just love traveling. I love, I'm, I don't even know why, but I'm so stimulated by culture. I still am. Yeah. Like I, I had a, I've been helping a lot of Spanish speaking clients because I speak Spanish. Right. And to me, that demographic is so underserviced in Canada. It's ridiculous because if we lived in the States and you walked into TD bank or Scotiabank, guess what? There's advertising in Spanish in that bank. Like I guarantee it. No, there is. Yeah. It's wild. Actually, It's wild, but we're still not doing that. So a lot of, we're in the States. Pretty much in everywhere. Canada, we're not doing no, it. But the states, Spanish is a second language. I I know, but but <laughs> but I'm telling you, this demographic of people that are speaking Spanish, they are, uh, they have amazing jobs, they have amazing credit, and sometimes they have a lot of money saved up, and they don't know how to buy a house. They don't. Nobody's ever talked to them about it, because they're ignored, in the bank. Wild. So you've niched yeah. into that. Big time. Crazy. You think they're ignored in the bank? I almost think like it's just. Like, from going to South America and being South American, I just find that the just the aspirations are not as high. Okay, so maybe it's an aspiration thing. I don't know. I've, like, because you're just like you're okay. You're like, yeah, I'm I'm content. I'm good. I'm good. You know, like yeah. as opposed to like some people are like, I need a house. I need this. I need a car. I need all these materialistic things. And yeah, most most Spaniards I find are just like chill, laid back. Okay, chill. I'm okay with what I got. I'm okay. But with the States running. is making a ton of money off of the Latin demographic, like a ton. Oh yeah, because they're the working class. Because they're the working class, yeah. right? Because they buy cars, they buy houses, they make their payments, yeah. they make their payments and they love their families. They buy their families ridiculous toys, you know, the motorized car, Cadillac cars, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> the little electronic cars. Oh, the, the little electronic. tiny electric for the kids, right? They sell that in the grocery stores in Mexico. You Wild. can buy a toy a moving car small car thing for your kid in the grocery stores in mexico 
Well, there's that whole thing with uh, like um, Mexicans in California. They have uh, the whole culture of lowriders. Like that's a thing. Like lowriders is a full-on culture where they, you know, they with put the hydraulics. They put the hydraulics <laughs> oh, in the yeah, big, yeah, yeah. yeah, the really big Daytona spokes on it, and they bounce their cars around. Like that's yeah. like a thing, and like people like grow up around that. So I could actually see, and it's like a lifestyle. Like it's like how like like uh, big white dudes build chopper bikes like you know those with the handlebars and stuff they're kind of like that but with their lowrider cars and there's like there's different styles of them i believe right like yeah. there's like the white guy chop there's a white guy lowrider there's mexican lowrider these black guys got their low like there's all sorts of different types but and then they have competition of who can jump the who highest. can bounce higher and stuff it's like <laughs> cultures going against each other with these cars it's pretty mm-hmm. crazy but uh, I could see why they would do that in Mexico. Get the kids started young on their cars because they probably see their parents or their uncle or their, you know, their yeah. older brother with one, so they want one as a little kid. But yeah, that's I a think lot that of money. what the common denominator in Latin culture is that they really do know how to enjoy their lives, right? Mm-hmm. They're good. They're really good. They're alive, big time. Which 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 uh, which uh, country did you like the most down in South America? Like they're all probably different. Like uh, like I, know. I really like Nicaragua because of the architecture. I really was impressed. Yeah. I like Costa Rica. Um, they're really, they're grabbing onto that health and wellness industry. Um, I honestly loved uh, Honduras. Like, Bocas del Toro is better than Costa Rica all day long. Yeah. I've never been. Ten times cheaper. Do you, go, do you go stay on the resorts, though, or do you actually, like, go in? Uh, I, I high-low it. So I go, like, I go stay one night and, oh, my God, I have air conditioning and, you know, I feel that how awesome the sheets are. And, and then I was like, but nobody's talking to me. And I'm in a $225 a night hotel, which is cool because I can afford it finally in my life. There was 20 years I couldn't afford it, right? So yeah. I go and I experience, I'm like, oh, it's kind of nice that somebody carried my luggage here for me. Oh, it's kind of nice that I have a TV or, oh, I have a bathroom and a shower. And then I'm bored, right? So, and then I go back to that hostel that's 60 bucks a night and I have 25 friends in the kitchen and I have, you know what I mean? And like, I've, I've slept in Miami. I've slept in rooms with a hundred people. A hundred person hostel? A hundred person hostel. And I paid 80 or 90 bucks. You've seen some shit then. Cause hostels are a fucked up, like, like a hundred people. I've been in a 30 room hostel and now it's like, really I've weird weird hostel stuff. I sleep right through it. I, I, no! I 0.0 care about anything going on that's not in my bunk bed. You, you do whatever you want on your side of the world there. Yeah. Right beside you in your side oh, of the world. Oh, I could care less. Oh, jeez, you're I wild. I could care less. No, I could care less. Yeah. Do your thing. Um, I'm a deep, 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 deep sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, that'll test your metal. I don't know how you did that, but I mean, everybody's different. You just don't care. Like, you, in order to be like that, you have to be like, I'm safe, whatever. I'm safe. I am safe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I am safe. Just a bunch of people doing what they're doing over there. It's fine. They're not That's right. We're me. travelers. Yeah, we're just we're all... all on a common budget. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Eh? We're yeah. on a similar mandate. We want to see the world, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, that's, uh, whew. I just have a flashback of crazy memories. That's uh, wild. Miami in a hostel. I lived in Amsterdam too, and I lived in a hostel. Amsterdam was beautiful. I could see that happening. I really loved yeah. Amsterdam. It's like, nice. It was super, super cool. Like that so I worked in the Flying Pig. Do you remember that place? Where was that one? Right in the main area there, but it was a nice hostel. So like in the main area, they had that little square. Yeah. They had like the ATM machine, and then they cut off into like almost like an H. Like you had uh, like a row of bars that went down this, this yes. alley, and you had a whole bunch going down that alley, and then you could come back to the square and go... To the other one. So it's very close to that square, very close to that yeah. center. Yeah. I could see living in a hostel. If it's nice, it actually is kind of doable. 
you know? Yeah. And if you're in like But it was eight of us in one eight, bedroom. Yeah. You become friends though, and it's kind of cool actually. You do, you share the bathroom. We only worked four hour shifts. Yeah. We all smoked a joint before our shift with our boss, <laughs> which was crazy. That's hilarious. She was a woman yeah. and she was awesome. And yeah, she was, that was part of the, and you rotated positions. So there was, let's say eight positions. So one day you worked reception, one day you worked like laundry, laundry. One day you stocked the bar. One day you did general maintenance or something. general maintenance, housekeeping, all these things. So then you, then you did everybody's job. So then you had increased empathy when you're on the job site and and then you were, you were more resourceful too. You're like, Oh, wait a minute. I know how to do that. And you didn't have to call someone to, Hey, can you go do this, this and that? You're like, no, no, no. There's the button. Do it now. Wow. I think that's a smart way to run a business. Actually, Hostels are a crazy way to uh, run a business because their labor is almost nothing because they get the travelers to work there for them. Yep. And labor in most businesses are... Like cost, labor cost. It's not like labor, labor yeah. is nothing. Like labor cost. Labor cost is pretty much null and void except for maybe the manager. But like, were you getting paid if you don't we mind us asking? We got paid a little bit, but... You're just thankful for it. And yeah, it was, it, was, it was like go buy a pair of shoes this week or go buy a, a fun jacket or... Yeah. And but yeah, you got to stay there for free? Stay there for free, yeah. Yeah. Well, you trade time, you trade the labor for it. So I, essentially, they're giving up rooms or beds like they could make money with mm-hmm. for people that are working there. Yeah. But I mean, with, yeah, and 50 I was introduced- bucks a bed or 30 bucks a bed. Or 20 yeah. bucks an hour labor is like what's better, you know? Like, yeah. These people are working four hour shifts, so $50 bed or $80 labored, you know? Yeah. Save the $80 labored and you know, keep And then the bucks. people that I met there, you know, I went to Israel for free because I stayed at my friend's house in Israel and then I wanted to go to Ireland and I had a friend that I could stay with in Ireland for a couple of days. So then it was even cheaper traveling those days, right? Wow. Did you, uh, do you still keep in contact with your friends that you've met over the years? Like I do. A little yeah. bit? You check in with them every now I and then? I do. I do. Yeah. That's a really cool feeling, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. weird. Some of us have changed. Some of us haven't. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's cool to see the people because when you're, when you're traveling, um, you're uh, you're in like a certain period of your life, I'd say, or like it's shared. A, you're in a shared experience. You're in a shared experience that only those people kind of know about. Like when you're in right. the hostel and you're staying there with eight other girls, or if it's mixed one, whatever. But like you're all working, you're all kind of in a same similar situation in life where like you're not able to do the three hundred dollar a night thing. The reason why everyone's in the thirty dollar a night hostel is because that's where they are in their life, right? Yeah. They just want to see the world, so it's cool uh, having that shared experience with people. And then uh, seeing them later on in life, uh, probably primarily through Facebook and stuff, but it's, uh, it's cool to keep in contact yeah, with those guys. Yeah, Facebook is huge. Yeah, Facebook's really cool for that. I like it because you, <clears throat> yeah, you get to be in touch with them without being in touch with them, really, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I got people that still uh, phone me up uh, from days that I was traveling, and it's really cool to keep in contact with them. And uh, one day I'll hopefully get back out to see these guys, which would be like a little reunion, you know? Jeez, I just finished watching the social. Social? Oh, you watch Social Network? I just watched the Social Network. The whole thing about the, they took the idea from like, literally Facebook was called. What the Facebook? They, what, no. Oh, hard what, or not? Was what the, uh, um, is what the schools called, their their Inver- archives, their inventory of faces. So it was called a Facebook because they had all of the pictures yep. of just the faces from your, uh, from your, uh, like you know how you have your, um, your yearbook. Your yearbook. Your your book is just faces, and yep. that's what it was. It was just Facebook. That's what it was like. Oh, it, I got to download their Facebook. I had to download their Facebook, and then mm-hmm. it was called the Facebook. Right. Right. And then they said, "Drop the," <laughs> and just turned into Facebook. 
So why are we so attracted to, to following other people's lives without legitimately following them? Or is it secretive or is it just social bonding? Is it just what we like as humans? What do you mean? Well, wh- like why are we so attracted to that Facebook? I don't know. Why are we not making phone calls anymore and just sending a text where you don't have to engage as much? I still call. If I, if I really want, if someone doesn't respond to my text, like, like I, I will definitely call. Yeah, I like calling too, but like only certain people, I guess. I'm a phoner. Like, I'm like I phone, I like caller? to call, call people and say, hey, what's up, what's going on? But then there's some people you just want a quick answer, you just send them a text and say, yeah, just send me whatever. You know, I, I think it's, get into a full conversation over this thing. Yeah, we're getting, um, sometimes if it's like a business text, it's like real quick and I know they got the message. It's just like, hey, I texted you and then there's proof. Other, other, you know, and like you got, you have the proof that that message was sent. It's like sometimes people BS you and they're like, oh, I phoned you. And you're like, I didn't get the call. It's like, yeah, you did. I don't remember having that conversation. Yeah, or stuff like that. Yeah. At, least, at least you have a paper <laughs> be trail. Like, what do you mean you don't remember having a conversation? We were on the call together. Mm-hmm. You said, yeah, sure, got it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, were you just not listening to me? Yes. <laughs> text has a paper trail. Yeah. Um, and there's sometimes I'll never, like I won't text. I'm like, I don't want no paper trail on this one. Let's, uh, let's phone this one up, right? Like, some, uh, even, even I'll do it like an in-person and like let's meet up away from even our phones with oh, recorded even the adult. worst the emails are like that too like where people like covering their asses on emails yeah like the corporate i'm just like yo man like how many threads do we need to go through this thing and you know how what? many people need to be cc'd on this message right? it's like who's like you're just covering your ass at this point it's just like it's just like oh that wasn't my fault or you're redelegating work that you don't want yeah so you cc it to somebody else yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just like, I ain't tried calling them. I ain't tried calling that. people and they just don't <laughs> want to talk to you because they want everything to have a record. And you're just like, what? I missed a listing appointment because the we only communicated in email. And I went back at the thread. It was like 21 emails deep. And I just thought about it. I was like, you know what? I actually don't want you as a client. Yeah. I really don't. Like, you're not willing to communicate with me in any way, shape, or form except Other than for this. Email? gigantic long email I'm good you're not a real human to me as far as I'm concerned yeah right I'm not going to represent you I'm not going to be in your best well not, in, not like, in a bad thing it's just that like we're just not on the right same page it's just like if you're going to do business with someone the face to face they call it belly to belly right belly to belly is the best yeah. I'd say that's my yeah because then you got both both have skin in the game yeah kind of thing like you both have skin in the game and it's just like you and bottom line do I like you yeah Back to those Italians, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, Do I like you? That's crazy. <laughs> Do you that's, only, that's stage one. Well, you're helping them. Like, if they if you don't like they them, don't. why are you helping them? It's I've, the people that are like end up getting caught up in that rat race where they're doing stuff just for money. And I'm just like, yo, man, like, why no. are you even doing that? You'll burn out. You'll burn out your reserves. That's yeah. crazy. Do you only work with people that you like? Seriously, I do. And do, do you think you learned? That's really cool. Do you, did you think you learned that from primarily that uh, time in uh, Rome? No, because there's a lot of other seminars I've taken. Like, so stage one of doing business is, do you like me and do you trust me? And okay. that's it. Yeah. We can go from there. Is this your stage one? Your stage one or is this stage one in general, do you think? My stage. Well, my stage one, but it's theories that have been taught that yeah. are, you know, you go to these seminars and stuff like that. And That makes sense. Like, if you can build up to trust and rapport. That's right. It's all Everything. just about building rapport. And then after Everything. that, I can sell you whatever I want because yep. you trust me. And I know that I cannot give anyone my opinion or information until I have rapport. Yeah. And I've done it. I've done it where I'm like, hey, I, th- I think this, this, that. And it's like, I don't have the string. I am zero to you. And that's cool. I'll walk away and I'll rebuild this string. Until I have the string, we have nothing. Yeah. 
I'm very aware of that. Wow. And sometimes I get the string quickly and sometimes I don't. And sometimes we just don't connect, right? That's just reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna like everybody, and they're not gonna like you. It's That's... hard because like you, your business, you're dealing with a lot of, a lot of different uh, different people. I got out of the consumer game. Like I don't like the consumer game, <laughs> in a sense that like you're just dealing with so many different personalities all the time. It's hard it's to tough. like, it's hard to connect without having to change who you are. Mm-hmm. You become you know. a chameleon. Do you find you a chameleon a little bit in some capacity? I'm a chameleon, but I'm also authentic. Yeah. Right. Because if I'm fake, you're going to pick that up and you're going to feel it. And I don't want to be fake. Right. So um, can I like you even though we don't like the same things? Of course. Uh, you know, you have kids. I don't have kids or, you know, your kids are screaming in the background and whoo, that doesn't happen at my house. But, you know, like, <laughs> but that's hilarious. Cool. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's your life and that's your life. Just because we're different doesn't mean I'm not going to connect with you and appreciate you and all that yeah. yeah do you see you think you got to wear many hats then in your line of work as well i think you wear a lot of hats yeah, yeah. i think I've, I've been a counselor my last client i'm like i'm basically a counselor to this woman <laughs> see that's what i'm saying like chameleon count like yeah you, you probably end up in these situations where it's like you got to do a bunch of little like little other little things that aren't really technically a part of it yeah. but it's like still a part it's the of same it same thing you, i had to do care. with like personal training like, uh, that's how we kind of met through, uh, through the uh, gym, through world health club. And, oh, so uh, were you training? Were you a trainer? We, we, she was just a member there, but oh. like, we were, well, no, you work in no, there. No, I worked in the, the juice bar. She was in the juice bar. You bought yeah. the juice bar, didn't you? Or? No, I didn't buy the juice bar. I, I was opening up my own business and I was going to an entrepreneur course. Who bought the juice bar? It was, uh, Shane bought the juice bar. Yeah. Desiree was owned it first. Yeah. And then actually my girlfriend, Cindy Storm started that moose juice, by the way. Yeah. And I met her years later. I met her like 10 years later. Yeah. I was like. Oh, I used to make myself a $30 smoothie when I was back in the day working behind the till. Yeah. I really did. So I maxed that. Funny. We were like, you're allowed one smoothie a shift. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I'm here all day. I'm eating as many smoothies as I, I want. I used to. That was I, a fun time, man. That was it a was fun. That was a fun time. We talk about that often because uh, the Center Club doesn't exist anymore in Edmonton. And yes, we were there to exercise, sort of. But we were there to socialize. What's the know? Center Club? The, the, it was yeah the, right down, the downstairs uh, yep. yeah yeah so the world health world club health downstairs club. like it downstairs was, I love yeah, that one it that was one that, cool. it was like a little had a little bar area mm-hmm. people would play squash mm-hmm. and hang out and like like it was it was a social club it was fantastic over a gym over a gym oh. I mean you 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 wore you your exercise out, yeah. clothes yeah oh jeez. Yeah. You, you worked out, hopefully, You a went to bit. the gym, you worked out in the other room, and then you came and hung out at the juice yeah. bar, watched some people play some squash, and then after you played squash, you grabbed some beers. And so everyone was just bullshitting beer. down there. They just bullshitting the whole <laughs> time, awesome. just hanging out. And they it went was, under. And it went under. Uh, it got moved. replaced. They it got replaced. It. What's in there now? That was a cool spot. They, I, I worked well, out there Stantec once. Stantec bought the whole building, yeah. I think. And they kicked them out, so now World Health Club moved to the mall. So now they're in the... And then when, in once it moved to the mall, it was so boring. It was so dumb. Like, why are we in a mall right now? Why? Oh, yeah. I want to go work out. No, I don't. I want to shop. I want to hang out. Yeah, or yeah. I want to hang out. Like that downstairs know, like, one was cool. You go down the stairs. That was dope. That was really cool. Yeah, you were downstairs and you were in the club. You felt like, like you felt like, like you were in, in the yeah. club. Like this is I'm in the club, man. Like what's going on? What's happening? Everyone was like, it was a blast. Like that was probably one of the, the best times ever. Like mm-hmm. we, like a lot of the friends that I made while we were working there are still mm-hmm. friends today. Like mm-hmm. uh, that's cool. I wonder what the type of networking that went on and down there. Probably a decent amount. Hey. 
think, I or? wasn't really a business owner yet at that point, so I didn't even understand business. I didn't understand connection. I didn't really understand anything. But there, there were some hardcore networkers for sure. Like I bet you, all the commercial realtors were down there. Tons of lawyers, tons of accountants, like tons of people that can all service the same type yeah. of client. Right? And they would just say, "Let's go, let's go play some squash." Yeah. You grab a guy, you play some squash, and you play some squash together. You shoot the shit. You talk a little bit of business. Have six beers. And have then... some six beers afterwards and close the deal. <laughs> you know, like, like that was what they did. Like, that's how it was, you know. So, and like, we were the trainers. Like, us trainers would just like hang out with these like rich people and like, like exercise. And learn from them. And learn from them, right? And learn from them and have, have a good time. It was and... awesome. I think that's when I fell in love with entrepreneurs, for sure, because I saw that entrepreneurs are charismatic powerful they're individuals they're unique they're they're running their own show they're they're writing their own rules right mm-hmm. and and i really identified with that i really was like you know what i'm not a rebel but i'm also not a follower and i didn't know where i fit in in society really right yeah so i think that, i think that that was my first influence into entrepreneurialism so how did you get into real estate? Because like, uh, like I'm looking to get into real estate myself, like more on the investing side of everything. Okay. Uh, like flipping and things like that, because like I think that would be pretty cool. But yeah. uh, how did you get into it? I totally got into it by accident. I was taking a personal development course and I knew this girl and she posted on Facebook that her father had passed away. And it was very sudden, he had a heart attack. So I was in this personal development course where, where we were rehearsing how can I help you? What do you need? What do you need? What do you yeah. need? What do you need? What do you need? And you would ask in this room full of people, you would ask that person what they need like 50 times. Oh, it was one of those. Jeez. I've, I've, I've done that before. That's like, going, that's like going straight to Egypt and be you like, get, can I help you? you can I go to Cuba? Your, <laughs> you get to your core, 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 core thing, right? You're like, oh, I need water. Oh, I need to change my clothes. Oh, the temperature's not right. And you're like, no, I need a relationship that works. You know, like. <laughs> and people start crying. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> So I was familiar with this exercise, familiar with this girl, and I really just called her up and I said, what do you need? And she's like, I honestly need someone to come to this show home right now in the next 20 minutes and I'll pay you 20 bucks an hour. And I was like, done. Uh, You know, I was running my own business. I skimmed my own till. I didn't have a salary. So 20 bucks an hour was like, woo. Mm -hmm. So I go there, start working, and it was was the bust, right? So it was 2008. Landmark was the company we were working for and they gave us all salaries because they were all worried that we were gonna die or something, right? And yeah, because people were walking away because they were so used to making so much money just doing kind of nothing in 06, 07 because it's like... It was just easy work. It was, you just sign papers and it's like, oh, you made 40 grand last week because the house... But we were coming in when it was going like this. So the conversations were very what you, different. What do you mean? You just made forty grand last week, like you bought? Because like, the house went up. It like, yeah, you, you bought for three twenty. Oh, we're selling that same house today for three sixty. Because it was like that. It was like a three hundred percent incline for almost a hundred and ninety days, right? It's, it happens every twenty five years. Don't worry, you're not going to see it again probably in your lifetime. Yeah. But like, there's mini booms, right? So that was it. That was an actual boom cycle. So. Yeah, you had five houses at one point. I remember. Did I have five houses? I remember you were like, I got five mortgages I got to deal with. I'm stressed. <laughs> because you had, to keep, you had to keep the renters in the thing. You're running, yeah. you're, you're running five of them at one time. I remember, I specifically remember you telling me, I'm like, you, I'm like you're floating five houses. But right I now. have friends that are doing 10, 20, and 30, right? Mm-hmm. So my five is like chicken scratch. Like it's nothing. Yeah. There's always the next level. Yeah. yeah. And you get trapped too, right? So 
Like where the banks won't help you out anymore? That's right. You get trapped at five and you get trapped at 10 because we used to have assumables. So a lot of people acquire them through assumables. A lot of people are just picking up properties and, and saying, hey, you're not renting, but we can Airbnb it. So it's like a third party Airbnb company coming in and doing all the actual work. This guy. Like staging, right? And doing the photos, doing the actual map. Is that the workaround? That's kind of the workaround? We call it. We call it arbitrage, so you don't own the asset actually, but you, but you as a company go ahead and make money with the asset. But the original person stays on title, and you basically do like a joint venture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done. Yeah, I've done, I'm very familiar with how that. Yeah, how that goes down. So my girlfriend that I ended up working for, her father died. She went away, and then and then we sold lots of houses. We sold like. We sold, I want to say we sold 50 houses in that year together, and we had an unattainable bonus structure that we both reached. 50 houses in a year? Yeah. You guys are psycho. That's like, that's wild. It's one a week. It's one a week. Yeah, yeah. it's literally one house a week. Just, that's unheard of now. You're just closing them. You must have, but oh, but you were easy. doing the landmark ones. Yeah, right? I was so doing landmark. Had, so you had like a, a huge inventory. Oh, we had a huge inventory. Yeah. We had amazing specs. We had, we had first of all, it's first-time homebuyer product, so it's like that three to 450. Everybody was buying it. Everybody qualifies. Um, it's nice. It's this got granite. Place. And they get bonuses too. They they got. Um, oh, yeah. that's wild actually. Yeah. We got our we got our bonuses, so that was huge too. Well, for the the new home, uh, not bonuses, but for the new time home buyer, um, uh, your you percent downs less, and it's like they they're incentives, right? The bank incentives are like you can get like houses for five percent down. And they were even doing 0% down at some point. They were doing 0%, yeah. Like at zero, when you're 0%, all you have to do is say, yo, man. I'll take the house. <laughs> like, I'll get you yeah, house that's why people were just signing paper and just like, get them out. Well, and <laughs> not to discount you at all. Not to discount it. I'm oh, just, no, no. But that was 0607. That was Easy Street. 08 yeah. was a bit harder. You had to have some really, because here's the reverse. Somebody paid 420 for their house, and now we're <clears> selling it for 380 Whoops. And yeah. your house still isn't even done. Whoops. You sign those papers, so you're in at 420, whether you like it or not. Oh, that's tough. I'm a lot of mad. Well, you people. know, we got we got nailed the other way around, where it was just like you signed in at um, whatever it was like five, you know, 160, 170, but then the thing was going up like this, and they just fucking wanted to tear up the papers. And that's say, right, because they didn't want to finish the contract. Yeah. They said, uh, you know what? Uh, because the house now is worth 210, and you signed in at 160. They so gave the deposits back. Here's your deposit back. Here's Which they contract. have the right to do. And you're just like, what the fuck? I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah. So you gave them the money to basically take out a loan to build the building. And now yeah. that they built the building, the, the units are worth more that they say, oh. That's kind of greedy, back. actually. It's greedy. That's like. Um, but that's developers. The developers, yeah. they control the show. They control the prices. And they do what's called draw mortgages. So they have to sell 30% of the building and they get their first draw of money. Yeah. Then they sell sixty percent of the building. Then they get their next draw of money. They usually yeah. pull out all their money within like within like two or three years, right? Yeah, and they and the corporation can dissolve overnight. So I mean, it, it is high risk stuff, really. With developing or you, well, they do or, that as a they do that on purpose though. They'll dissolve. They'll be like, oh, well, because they, they want to dissolve accounts. their liability. Yes. Yeah, they want to get but, the liability. Um, like that building on One Forty Second Street in Stony Plain Road, like that's gotten through three ownerships. That was a well, wild was, situation. Wasn't that, that Russian guy? No. I don't so even, know, I don't even think we should talk about it. I yeah. don't want to. <laughs> I don't, don't want to end up a, a statistic. Yeah. It, I don't want to be. I don't want to be in the cement building. Yeah, I don't. Be, <laughs> I don't want to be a pillar. I don't want to yeah, be a pillar. But, uh, in but the, the guy that picked it up, he honored everybody's deposits, which by law he didn't have to do. Yeah. Wow. So Beaver Brick, he said he, he basically said, "Listen, we know that you're dealing with this problem for a long time. We're yep. going to build it. Yep. You can either stay or you can take your money back." Yep. So he gave both options, which is really nice. 
right? But he got a ton of free publicity for that too, as well. But he didn't have to do that. No, and he got it. He got that place for cheap though, too, because the bank was just like, "We're stuck with this building." That this hole cool. in the ground and this half concrete structure. Yeah, now it's going up. Is it going to be nice? Do you oh, think? it looks nice. Does it? Hey, yeah, looks nice. I don't know if it's going to be nice. I haven't. Seen we don't any know any yeah. of the specs. I haven't well, I've been seen. driving by it all the time. I see it. It looks nice. Like it looks like it's going to be like really nice place. Yeah, but and like, like, like realis- looking on the outside is different than like, oh yeah, this is uh, some shoddy workmanship on the well, inside. Well, no, but like, but, but, but what's your definition use- of really nice? Because you guys live in a historic building. Hey, we nice? we don't look in. We don't. We live in a crappy it's unit. Kind of it's kind of run down and down. Gross. It's the whole old, thing's dirty. It's old, it's whole thing's dirty. It's not good. Wow, I love your lobby. I love your chandeliers. I love your ceilings. Like. It's a terrible place. It's a horrible place. I, I don't know why you even day. mentioned that. Yeah. What are you trying to do? It's the worst. It's, it's a hole in the ground. It's, it's the only thing up. we can afford. Yeah, it's dirty. It's actually the worst. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible views. Everything's awful. The people there are just rude. Actually, a little. There's like famous people that live there. It's funny. Who lives there? There's a guy that lives next door to us. I'm just like he's. This is the weirdest thing. I was just like, oh, so he was like, it's like, oh yeah, I was just at a UN meeting. I'm like, oh, what are you doing at the UN? Oh, I'm part of the nuclear disarmament uh, board, and I'm like, right? What? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, you're part of the nuclear disarmament? Yeah, we had a meeting the other day. I'm like, what? Who are you? Yeah, we're getting him. He's he's gonna be on the hot (laughs) seat. He's gonna be on the hot seat. We We gotta gotta get him. (laughs) Actually, though, and that's your neighbor. Okay, so kudos to talking to your neighbor. That was a good stage one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rapport. Rapport. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you you have stages, and and before the episode, you've spent X amount of dollars on your personal self development and. Yeah. Uh, personal growth via seminars, so I, books, courses. Yeah, I started in about 2005, and I did an entrepreneur course for 10 weeks. That was about 10 grand. I did another entrepreneur course that was about 10 grand. I've done Tony Robbins. I've done Deepak Chopra. I did personal. You did best. that whole weekend with Tony Robbins. I have done the fire walking with Tony Robbins in New York. Wow! You walked on fire. I did. Yeah, it hurts. the walk on fire events. It's, it hurts. It's, you know what? If you like Tony and if you are down with Tony's ideas, you know, like change your physiology, which is true, right? If yeah, you're like when you stand up and you're just like, yeah, ah. and scream, just like let's go, yeah. Yeah. You are screaming and jumping and doing aerobics with Tony Robbins for four days. Like it's, and it's pricey. But, yeah. but it's true though. Like, you, like if you, it's, he's right. Like if you, if you, if I sit around all mopey in this like that, yeah. it's like true. you're going to be in that state. But if you feel like, if you get into the power the power, power yeah. position, power Superman yeah. pose. You start to feel more powerful. Like a lot of those, a lot of those things actually work. I just feel, to change your state. That's right. So, and if you watch him crack through like a hard person that is stuck, man, he's so good. He is so so good. So it makes you believe in. Okay, I control my mind, therefore I control my life. There, you know, he's all back to control your emotional state. Control your activities through that emotional state. If you're having a down, Debbie Downer day, you know, get up, jump, turn on music, right? They literally make you like jump and dance like wild chimpanzee orangutans for like 70% of the day. <laughs> I can't do I'm not a hoorah guy. I've never, and, I've and never like, been like that. What do they call it? Charismatics. Charismatics. That's well, and it's like 5,000 people in the room too. Yeah. I yeah. don't like that. I don't, I'm just, that's just me. Yeah, I, I'm not a. Hero but he's guy. so right, though. Like it all comes down to everything comes down to a feeling and emotion. Yeah. So like, if you could learn how to control your emotions, yes. which really comes down to those three things, is it, your emotions are basically 100 percent controlled by uh, your, your thoughts, beliefs, your beliefs, your beliefs, and your, your beliefs are controlled your by your thoughts. No, it goes the other way around. Your actions are controlled by your feelings. True. So you, it, when you start to realize those things, what you put inside your brain 
becomes this very, is the most important real estate in the whole yeah, world. It becomes very, very right? important because like if you're like if you're like, okay, I feel really shitty and you think about okay, well what do you think about all day? What do you watch? What are you mm-hmm. eating? Like what do you who are you around? Like what's your environment like? My like, big thing was comparison. Comparison compares, killed me. Comparison and, to and other people? It, even in my industry, right? Like I'm you know, I'm walking down White Ave, I'm at the Capo Cafe and I look, you know, there's some chick that's in my office, she's on a bus bench and I'm like, boo. You know, and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, but, uh, and I like her as a person. I totally do. I like all these people as people, but I just think I, uh, one day I said this to, I brought my dad to our Christmas party at, at our brokerage and I said, you know what? Here's the cool thing. I am not part of this overachiever anonymous club. I'm just not like, I'm really not. I service 20 clients a year. If I don't like you, I don't work with you. If you don't listen to me, let's not talk, you know, like. I've learned to do that instead of change who I am all the time to suit person X, Y, Z, because it takes down my energy, right? It's tiring as hell. Big time. I'd rather be like, hey, I want, here's my calibration level. If you think like this, feel like this, talk like this, let's connect, right? Yeah. Which is probably why we had success back in the day at a health club, right? Because we do care about our health, right? I do care about what I eat. I like that $30 smoothie. It was fun to me. It was better than a pizza. Yeah. Right? And today I'm still at a smoothie this morning. I don't know if it was $30, but I... Probably not. No, that's an expensive ass smoothie. <laughs> $30 smoothie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but you know, like I put everything into it, right? Like, yeah, like I know. you know, all the supplements back in the day. You <laughs> I know, know you no, could no. Put, I don't even know what the supplements were popular back then, but... I used to work in a booster juice and I did some... I did... Uh, I don't know what I used to do. I used to stand on the one end of it and then the one guy would throw fruit and I'd have the big knife and I'd go... <laughs> And then I, uh, I don't want to say I'm friends with the owner of Booster Juice, but uh, acquainted with him now. And uh, we, we talk every now and then when we see each other at like Oilers games or we'll bump into each other or whatnot. I've done a few events with him. And then, yeah, I told him that story. I was like, hey, so I was like 14. I uh, on a work, uh, a little work uh, experience thing. I ruined some bananas in your uh, Crestwood store. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> At least that's why you yourself. asked me if it was a booster juice in Crestwood. Yeah, that's because I used to work <laughs> there. Used to work ah. there. Yeah, it makes sense now. Yeah, yeah that's why yeah. exactly. Um, I was like, is that booster juice still there? No, it went under. <laughs> I just love booster juice. Like, we, like we, me and my uh, my uh, the guy that I do all the weddings with. Like, we like booster juice so much. We actually named a lot of our shots nice. after booster juice. So we had like. The Brazilian Thunder. We Woo! had the pomegranate punch. We had, like, we had all these like these uh, these shots that like we and we knew exactly what they were because we we named them off of off of the booster. That's juice hilarious, names. actually. So we, Wild. Yeah. yeah, so we're like, hey, should we do a Brazilian Thunder on this one? And goes like, yeah. So like that would be like the lens flare kind of shot over the face, and the punch was like the where the camera punches into the face. So it was called. Oh the wow, pomegranate these poor punch. clients had nothing, no idea what they were in for. Hey. <laughs> So you did all these uh, personal and self-development. Um, what was the course of this? What's the, I know you're always constantly learning, always constantly growing, always constantly developing your awareness and yourself. Yeah. Um, when did this first kick in? When you so you sold those fifty houses with your with your girlfriend? Uh, is yeah. So died. I went to go be her assistant, and then I got hired, and then I got my own area, and then we sold fifty houses within two years. I think we sold. Oh no! Wait a minute! No! No! So we would have, we sold out like three neighborhoods in total. So we did Twilliger, we did... Um, of Landmark. Yeah, well, it's on 17th Street, Tamarack. There was a train track there. That was a hard one. And then we did, up in the north, we did Skyview. 
How do you how do you sell the the trade show? It's a lovely, or it'll put you to sleep, and the baby. You just will... tell people the truth and whatever they want, they go. They go do, ahead and yeah, pretty it. much. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's, it's kind of fucking loud. I don't think it's not that morning. bad though, because like, um, like they my, have my buddy bought out there. They have certain rules, like you know, it can't be louder than a certain amount of decibels and all that kind of stuff. But if you're sensitive to the train track, well, then don't buy a house backing onto a train track. Yeah, yeah there's probably. True. Discounted as well because it's got a train track. Same thing as you like, know what it really probably wasn't. Not, no. Probably not. Like really houses too that were like next to power lines too. They're not they don't really discount them, man. No, they really don't, they don't discount them. They that, really no. don't. Developers what? are smart. Why would they discount it? Someone's gonna buy it anyway. Someone is gonna buy they're it. They're gonna anyway. be like some is gonna go in there anyway, and that's their fault. Like, the and they're not well it, it, because everybody has different priorities, right? Some people are really sensitive to power lines. Some people are really sensitive to railroad track. Some people grew up next to railroad track. I had this house for sale on 111th Ave, and I, all the feedback I would get, oh, it's too noisy. Oh, it's my, my kid is going to run out in the street. My cat is going to die. Like, people were so, so, like, dramatic. And then I get a call, and they want to look at this house, and it's um, New Year's Day. I'm 5,000% hungover. I do not want to go... Get a tire kicker. No, right? Like, fuck that, man. So it's I'm on Dave. the phone. I'm like grilling. I'm like, what do you like about this house? Why do you like it? What time do you want to go there? You know, I'm like, tomorrow. You know, and then, and they're like, oh, we really like that it's on a busy street. And I'm like, you do? And yeah, it reminds us of our hometown. Oh, okay. Let me take a shower. I'll right? I'm like, I'll put some clothes on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's like, these people want to buy this house. I'm like, all right. And they big time bought that house. And, and she said, she goes, I like looking out the window and I like to see busy traffic all the time. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That's why, yeah, developer's not going to discount a house because it's like that. Yeah. They won't do it. You know, it's interesting. Like I was, uh, I was just at a seminar over the weekend and the, I went there to go check out to see how good the salesmen are. Okay. And they were so good that I ended up <laughs> dropping you... a bunch of money. Good. But, uh, what seminar? Uh, it was at uh, that Will to Win one. Oh, with that. Robert Hurt. Robert. Yeah. They, they, he didn't even show up. He doesn't show I know up. He doesn't and then show the next up. guy does the talk and then they teach the next course and that guy doesn't even show up. And then you do the, like, it's just, I know that it's like a thing, but the information. Okay, so now that you spent that money, like, you have accountability to produce. I do. Well, I can get my money back if I can sell something within three months. So I have a feeling, like when I was there, I was just like, it made sense to me what he was talking about. Like majority of the people that were in that room were trying to get rich quick. But I was there, I was just like, whoa, I can see what he's talking about. Like I can see it. Like literally, so what did you he's see? selling contracts. Stevie, Stevie, Stevie showed up back to the place. He was like, Cam, Cam, you won't believe it. We're, we're, all, we're all selling houses. And I was like, Stevie, like, like what happened? He's like, man, I showed up to that thing and we're doing it. I was like, fuck, Steve. I'm like, you got, you're that guy. Like, you're like, that guy. Yeah, you, you bought Hope, but guess no, what? No. Hope is the number one selling you know, product. Do you know what I really liked about <laughs> I him? Is you, know, you know what he was actually selling, which I actually really appreciated? Hmm. Was the contracts. Like how he makes money. One is off the courses, but two... Is by selling the contracts. Right. So you by get, you, the get deals. you get a good deal under contract and you flip it to somebody else. Yes. Yeah. And I was just like You might like it. I'm just like, I could do that. It's a weird little niche. That's what that's the, a what? sick little niche because then I don't ever have to touch the house. I can introduce you to a ton of people that do that. Yeah. Like and I'm just like, you make ten G's, boom, just doing that. There yeah. you go, done. There's there's about a hundred hundred person club in Edmonton and you can find them. I'll tell you what meetup groups. There's all kinds of real estate groups where they meet once a month and they talk about this stuff and it's cool. There are yeah. people that really enjoy it, really like it. I think I, I think I would really enjoy that because I would never have to show a house. I'd never do. So that was what I liked. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of, um, I like the idea of, uh, well, I already have rental property. Mm-hmm. So I really know how to do that. It's just a matter of like now 
you can get uh, property with uh, investor money. Do you like improving things? You're talking flipping? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, housing is... Then I'd, I'd have to still... I'd still have to, like, work the thing and get a contractor in there. So I'd have to find a contractor that I would... That's really a full-time job, Stevie. When you it came is. back, like, we're selling houses, we're flipping no, houses. No, but I'm it's like, a full-time like, job. But you know what? It's really fun, you guys. If you get the right crew. So yeah. you get an awesome designer. You get an awesome stager. You get someone that is very artsy and fun. And then you get... You guys are the marketing managers of the whole media world. You've got that under control. Yeah, this right? is the, it's the, it, it, the two businesses that you need is you need a business, and I, the reason why I chose marketing is because once you have the marketing down pack, you can sell anything. Yeah, we're all anything. looking for lead generation, right? Anybody Everybody can is. sell a house. Anybody yeah, can sell a house. It's how do you get that lead? How do you convert them? And and what's in between? Qualified leads. Qualified. So, yeah, leads, you want qualified yeah. leads. Yeah. yeah. So like that's the thing <clears throat> in the real estate, like basically like you know getting a place for cheap and then like flipping it or. Having it set up and there's putting tons of deals there. out there. There's tons of deals, and there's also tons of garbage, right? It's scary. You gotta sift through it, yeah. You have to sift through it. It's basically like digging through a garbage can. It's horrible. Yeah, it's very time consuming, I'd say. It's time consuming, but you learn, and that's. I, I mean, I've been in this profession for ten years, and I'm still fascinated with it because every day I wake up and it's like I have a new challenge. Like if I think that I got it, I don't. Something like totally. Do you think you learned that through experience or is that through self-development courses or is that a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I always, I, I budget, you know, $5,000 a year to do personal development and sometimes I'll focus on marketing or relationships or sales or, um, you know, every year it's something different, but that's definitely built into my budget and... At the end of the day, I've been to so many of these courses, but it's kind of the same message. It really is. And I, and I was totally a course junkie for a long time, I think. But I think the, I still am. But the biggest thing is what I was like, because like just watching, the guy pulled in like $40,000 in one sitting. And I was like, yes. what? I know. That's what they're, that's how they're making like, their money. They don't I'm care like, if you do the course or not. They I'm do just, not. Like, they don't I'm give a like, shit. They're I sharks. Will, well... They do and they don't. Like so, first, like you. Well, like, they need results. Like they you, need like testimonials. You, no, it's not even that. Like you mentioned before, they're they're what they're doing. What they're really doing is they're they're qualifying leads. So the first the first group, the first free seminar was the tire kickers. Mm-hmm. From the tire kickers, you pull in the medium. Well, you said forty people paid one thousand dollars. No, like twenty people did. Oh, the thing was like twenty six hundred bucks. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right? twenty people did that. But yeah, then you so. pull those and you and so fifty two thousand. So you for, you 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 make the thing smaller, and then when you make it smaller, then you offer like the ten thousand dollar clubs, and then you make those even smaller. Yeah. So you start to like, and then you qualify your leads because all of a sudden now you have the tire kicker leads that you just basically throw at, and eventually maybe they'll buy. There once. are some people that get really good at it. So if you really want to get good at it. You can. Yeah, but I really like the guy's sales tactics because I was like, wow, this is like this was really good. One, they didn't take any questions. They're like, yeah, save your questions to the end, so no one could like rebuttal them. Right. And there's certain things that they would do. They would basically like those guys stress. Anytime, me out. anytime they had like rebuttals, they, they pulled the rebuttals out right off the hop. Okay, what are some of the reasons that people wouldn't want to buy a house? So everybody says all of, all of the uh, all the yeah. all of the uh, the negative stuff right away and says, yeah. okay, let's take those off the table. <laughs> Just like. Oh, now I have no reason to... Get your opposition out of the way right away. <laughs> get him, but he put them all in one... He's like, put them all in one thing and says, okay, good. Let's get rid of all of those things. I know. Good. Those guys are highly trained sales like, guys. Holy though. man, like the top of the top sales guys. I was like, these guys are good salesmen. Like, they're like... They I know, like they got them. you. <laughs> well, like, I, I liked... Like, I really went there and I was actually taking notes on how they were selling everything. Because, like, like, I'd like to put a course together in, like, marketing and things like that but in order to really do it you have to kind of run through that whole 
you have to run that gamut, you know, yeah. you know, like in order to, you know, get a bunch of people. Don't turn into a cheese ball. Don't turn into an internet cheese ball. Stay authentic. An internet cheese ball. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of those kicking around these days. I see that as a saturated like, oh, market. Oh, like, they, like they're faking uh, online? They just fake who they are? Yeah. Yeah, well, people see through that, though, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's I don't think you'll turn into an internet cheese ball at all. But I do see those. There's people, uh, you're talking course junkies. Do you remember Fight Club? Mm-hmm. Remember, yeah, they're kind of like, what was that, Marla Singer? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're always going to those, like, those little, like... You little tourist. Remember he said that? Uh, Edward Norton said that to oh, her? Oh, because they, they were going to the uh, AA seminars and she was like at a... Testicular was, cancer one. Testicular yeah. cancer. He goes, what are you doing here? You're a tourist. Yeah, you're a tu- you tourist. <laughs> you tourist. Yeah, because yeah, he was like super depressed. But there's people that just go to those... No, but he was they, doing they the same thing. He was I know, doing I know, the same yeah. thing. That's why he recognized it because he got addicted to going to those, those, uh, those groups and like basically saying that yeah. Yeah, I have testicular cancer. It was like... Cried in Bob's Bob's bitch tits. Yeah. That's what he did. And he was yeah. just Cried like, in Bob's he goes, what are you doing here? He goes, like, what are you doing here? You can't be here. Yeah. You know, like, you don't even, <laughs> you don't even have testicles. <laughs> He's like, yeah, so I'm more qualified to be here than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what her answer was, yeah. Well, I'm technically more qualified than you because everyone else there had technically Oh, uh, that was good. <laughs> oh, but anyways, funny. so we're doing, we're doing uh, Walk on Fire. Uh, what, what, age, what age are we in this one? When you started, when you started the self-development journey. I was probably 28, 29. And so I took a course here that is called that was called Personal Best. Yep. It was the best course I've ever done in my life. Awesome. Who did that one? It's here in the city. It's here in Edmonton. And it's a four-day course, I want to say. And you work through your beliefs. And you work through, you know, why I do what I do. How can I get different results? What is, what is it going to take? What does it look like? You meditate. They teach you... In that four days, they teach you basically like 40 different tools for, you know, controlling your mind, planning, implementing, uh, what is getting in your way, what are your excuses, what is your, you know, what are your, I mean, what are your patterns, really? Then I, I go to what I call my hippie church, which is the Center for Spiritual Wellness, which I would love to have new, fresh, beautiful blood there. Oh, geez. Stevie. Yes. You're both is that in, where I was at? You're both invited. Did you come there, the Center for Spiritual Wellness on 101 Ave and 75th Street? No. We have a labyrinth on the floor. So do you know what a labyrinth is? It's a maze? Yes. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a Celt, it's an ancient Celtic meditation tool. So you walk through this pathway and you walk in and you walk out. And it's basically, it's just a beautiful meditation tool. Silent, obviously, right? So we offer silent meditation retreats too as well. I did that through Joe Dispenza this year. And that was quite amazing. He's having a lot of success of, of measuring your brain after meditation. Medi- you know, we did a 14-hour silent meditation retreat in the church. We started at 7 in the morning. We went till 9, and we cooked three meals together, and we didn't talk. And there was 26 people. I like that. We've, we've done a couple of those vows of silence and stuff like I wanna, that. I, I want to do like a week vow of silence. It's, it's, just, hard, it's hard with the work type of work. It's hard with the type of work where it's around tough. people all the time. Yeah. But you know what, like shutting my brain off in or shutting my stupid, you know, that mouth or the mind and everything, right? Like, oh, I got to explain myself in this moment. I got to talk about how I'm feeling. Well, our tongue is like the most evil part of our body, right? So we, we, that's all we do is cast spells all day. That's right. We do cast spells all day. That's all we do is cast spells. Like that's really all we're doing. So like it's the most evil part of our body. So like if you, you're technically only supposed to answer in yay or nay. 
That's mm. all you're really supposed to say. Like I read that and it goes, don't answer anything unless it's yes Where or did no. you read that? In the Bible. Oh. Like Jesus said one of those things. He's just like, yeah, when you talk. So yay. Yay or nay. That's all you're yay. supposed to say. Yeah. I am going to reduce my languaging to yay or nay. <laughs> I'm going to have the easiest month of my life. Yeah. That would be an interesting month to see, like an experience to see, like whether yay. you can yay. get it. Yay. Because then what, what ends up happening is what. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I just felt so authentic right then and there. Yeah. Like, nope, don't even feel like explaining why I don't want to do that. But no. <laughs> yeah, you come yeah. off like the biggest asshole, though, but well, I like, kind of like it. Right? But the thing is, it's nay. like one. Nay. It says nay. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Like, like technically, like then you're not, you're not, you're not talking to people. People are talking to you, so you can actually stay in your vow of silence in that grounded moment. In that, vow, in that grounded moment, and when people ask you a question, you just say no, yeah, no, right? Like just literally straight out answer it and kill it. So back to the juice bar. I meet a girl at the juice bar who I found annoying, and I, and she was always happy and positive. And I, hate I hated her. I hated her because I couldn't figure her out. And, I, you know, I lived in Mexico. I lived in a third world country where you got to move a little quick. Like there's always someone behind you, in front of you, beside you, on top of you. Like you, you have to be smart in a third world country, especially to make money, especially stay alive. You know, like you can't be dumb. Yeah. In Canada, you can be dumb. And still make money. 365 days a year, you can be dumb. Yeah. And not die. And not die. Yeah. But in a third world country, and I lived in Mexico for two years. So If you're dumb, they'll take everything. The, it, yeah, you just, you can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it. Like, you have to be awake. You have to be alert. You have to be active. You have to be watching what's going on around you. And, you know. Like All it, the time. It, it's a third world country. Like, And there's, yeah, there's wealthy people. Well, And there's. People trying to survive. Like, they're trying right. to survive. Like, yeah. you don't lose things in Mexico. They just. They have a new ownership. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right? And you and you roll with it. Like, oh, I left my jacket at that restaurant. Should I go back? No. no. That's gone. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's gone. You, you're just way past that. So anyways, this girl at the juice bar is nice and she loses her bike. She goes, somebody stole my bike, but I guess somebody else needed it more. And I was like, oh, you are a fruitcake lady. Like, I did not like her. I... But anyways, she got me into that level one personal development course. She gave me a free certificate. And when she gave it to me, I was insulted. I was like, oh, really? I have problems? No, no, no. You have problems. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I hated her. And she's my friend today. And she's my coach today. And she's done amazing things. She's heavily involved with her own personal development company. She is a great life coach, and I'm friends with her. But I said the day that I met, or the time that I work with you, I thought you were bananas crazy. I did not like you. Um, but then I slowly started to listen to her. You know, she's like, oh, I take this course, and I can give you a free one, and I'd really love you to go. And I and I remember, like, I was living with my boyfriend. He was Peruvian. He's Latin. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? Are you joining a cult? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> are you joining a cult? <laughs> I don't time. know what's going on here. He I don't hated know. it. And then you get on the same frequency level afterwards. You're and like, I understand now. I get that's it. That's right. And so I do level one. Yeah. I have no money in my bank account and it's 2,600 bucks to take level two and three. And I go in and I talk to them and I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't have a, I didn't even have a job. I was starting my own business. I, you know, I just was, had no money. And I said, yes, I'm going to take this course. And they said, how are you going to do it or figure it away? I said, yep, figure it away. They financed me for two years. I paid a hundred bucks a month. It was $2,400. It was a hundred bucks a month for two years. Like really at 0% financing. Really? Oh, wow. Right. That was nice. So to me. That was three what, bucks a day. Well, what does that really say about that business? 
They they truly want people they, to succeed. They want or else they would have said that's right. Off. They want you to transform. Yeah. Because if I transform, now I have the possibility of rubbing off of you and transforming, and I have the possibility of rubbing off of and you. Telling and telling more people, and, and more people will come. It's not like a not, not the telling of the marketing, like the sales part of it. The actual like, oh, Jennifer Murphy has transformed. Oh, what did, How she, did do? she do? What did she, she do? do? Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like, right? It's like a ripple effect. It's a ripple effect. Oh, I, I met Crazy Pants at the juice bar. Crazy Pants. Go to her course. Uh, sign up for level two and three, even though my boyfriend thinks I'm officially joined a cult. Okay. Um, and God bless him. God bless him. Because all, all he's doing is caring about me. Yeah. Right? And he's, he's asking like, questions. Yeah. He's like, why are you not home? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Right. And yeah. I'm like, no, don't worry about it. I'm cool. Like, this is going to work. Yeah. But I go away for four days, like in their 12 hour days. So I'm like, you know, in a seminar, locked in a room like this with 30 people talking about my feelings and my past. And <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> it's not pleasurable. Yeah. It's not pleasurable. Right. And so, but I shift. So the next day I go, yeah, I am going to write this business plan. Yeah, I am going to submit it to the BDC. Yeah, I'm, I qualify for a loan with uh, Canadian women in business. And I had like a four month window, but I got my paperwork done in like a day all of a sudden. Right. And then I get a loan. Whoa. I get 30 grand put into my bank account. I probably had $12 in there before that. Like I had no money and, and I took a risk. Was my business successful? No, not really. I'm one of those nine out of 10 small businesses that failed. But what was it? I had a health and wellness company called Heat for Health. So I did those infrared Oh, I remember that. That was a And I did it like thing. way too early. Now, like it was too early. Now everyone's doing it. Now everyone's doing it. In the Detox mall, the little, popular. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you, you, wow. you were in was, on something. I was like, way early. You were like, it's the same thing with me with the video stuff. Like I've been in the game for so long now, but like I was in too early that yeah. websites were getting big. Yeah. So everyone wanted to website. And I'm just like, hey, you want a video? What do I need a video for? And I'm like, now right. I'm in a position where I'm like, okay, everybody and their dog needs a video. But now yeah. it's easy to fucking, everyone shoots on their stupid cell phones. Right. And I'm like, now I'm competing with a million cell phones. I'm just yeah. like, geez, Louise, I've been doing this for so many years, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's yeah, wild how it works thing. like that. But yeah, you, I remember that. You had the infrared. Yeah, so I did that business. Infrared saunas. So same thing. I have you know, 1600 bucks, maybe 1800 bucks in my account uh, around that same time period. I've opened my location, but I go to this meeting and they say, who in this room has an idea? I said, I have an idea. And I stand up and I join this mastermind club at the end. And it was for a year. It was 1600 bucks. But the people that I met in that mastermind club, I'm still friends with at least like good friends with at least five of them. They were all business owners. I wasn't a business owner at that time. I was a juice bar girl, you know, like, but I had, now I had friends, I had mentors, I had connections. If I needed a sign person, I had a sign person. I had a graphic artist all of a sudden. I had all of these other business resources, resources and trades and referrals and, and, you know, I didn't go to Grant McEwen and take a business program. I just didn't. I, I went to all these clubs and I don't know that that's the right way to do it. I'm not ever saying my way is right it's or wrong like the way of, it's like the school of hard knocks i think you know what though i would almost prefer that way instead of going to school because you come out of school you still got to go through the hard absolutely knocks. so you come out you have education but you're still going to make the mistake it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't teach you being resourcefulness no no nope. like school doesn't teach you resourcefulness your mic your is mic something is my mic is being weird oh jeez, mm. what's it doing it's like is it mine or is it his it's it's definitely mine? Okay. It's definitely yours. Jeez, I don't know, man. 
Rockies. Man. Yeah, it's, it's not going to teach you uh, resourcefulness. It's not going to teach you getting kicked in the teeth. It's or not reading teach people. You, yeah. Or who is going to legitimately finish this job once you fork over the cash? Yeah, it doesn't teach you that thing. Doesn't of teach stuff. you that. No, <laughs> there's a lot. It doesn't teach you. Right. But there's it also things it teaches. Doesn't you. Doesn't teach you like, oh, don't pay cash for this equipment. Lease it, even though it seems like it's more expensive in the end. Just lease it because you need the cash all the time. The cash flow. And cash you can, and, and you the can, cash flow. You can, write, you can write off that lease. That's right. right. So you can actually put it to work for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting stuff. Like uh, for me, I like I like to I like to own things, though. I don't like to make those. I so yeah, I, I, <laughs> I so I pay cash for my cars, yeah. and that's a big mistake too, right? Because you do need that write off. But it, but it, me, I'm like I'm not gonna have that depreciating asset. Yeah, I don't. I'll buy, pay for it once. Uh, yeah, and I don't buy brand new cars. I always buy Never. like my cars within like between like you know seven and ten thousand dollars. But then you. You own it. I'm like, no one can take this away from me. So my car. Yeah, they can if you don't register it. I'll introduce you to my car. <laughs> it's being honest. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. The, 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 the government can do it, the but the bank can. Yeah, the government. But anyways, yeah, your, uh, your car. I'll introduce you to my little car. He's downstairs. His name is Tommy. Yeah. I liked him. He's cute, hey? Yeah. So that was my very first commission check. I blew the whole thing. Nice. And I wanted it to be 100% blown, right? I was like, I'm going to buy a toy that is super fun that reminds me why I sell real estate, why I sit in the red light, why I sit in the yellow head, and why I'm, you know, working on a Friday and a Saturday and a Sunday. And sure, let's go see, seven, like I showed 17 properties, I think, between Saturday and Sunday. Wow. Is it just a, it's a big volume thing? It's like, uh, is it kind of more, more, more properties you show, more yeses you're going to get? Does it kind of work like that? or No, because you got to dig through the garbage can. There's a lot of bad stuff out there, and pictures lie. Yeah. I mean, you get on site and you're like, oh, you know, this is water damage. This is molding. This is wear and tear, right? Like today I showed a house and all the, all the tile around this, like the floor tile around the sink was damaged. Is that embarrassing sometimes? Like when you it's go horrible. to a place and you're just like, like do you, fuck, do you, I can't do even Do you check it. them out beforehand? But though? how can I? I'm not driving around twice, right? Like I'll bring my clients and I, and I tell them really up front. I go, we're going to have to look at a lot of garbage to find something good. Yeah. That is just the reality. You don't get mad at me, right? Because you think, oh, Jennifer's just selecting all these bad houses so she can waste all my time today. No. It's wasting my time too. <laughs> right. I want to get you in the house. I want to get the check. I want you to be happy. I Because want... you know what? Pictures lie. We didn't see all those deficiencies until we got there. We didn't see all the dings on the wall and the dings on the door. We didn't see that. We didn't realize that the door doesn't even open properly, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, this place looks awesome. But when <clears> I was walking up that staircase here, I was like, Woo! Could, today could be my last day. <laughs> she's, mad about, she's mad about the building like warping as she's walking up. I know it's, it's like, hilarious. I love it. I'm not mad it. at all. If today's my last day. It was a great day. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great day to end it in mm-hmm. the Thought Exchange headquarters. Yeah, Thought Exchange headquarters. <laughs> so, what kind of uh, what kind of advice would you give to someone trying to start off? Start off. <clears throat> like, if you were to look back and be like, okay, if I had to do it over again, what would I do? I do it exactly the same because I went to go work for a builder, which I highly recommend because my first two years out of, out of the gate, I got a salary and I got a free education and I got to watch 50 houses under construction that year. That's huge. So you learned a lot about the actual build of a house as well. Big time. I'm not a contractor. I don't swing a hammer. I'm not going on site. I got stilettos on, right? But I, I get it. I get it. I love it. And I understand it. So that, and had I have gone into the industry without that experience and they give you a salary, right? They gave me, I didn't make a lot of money, but but it's enough to at least you're not stressed out. No, you're not stressed out. It's enough to survive. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, so when I, I saved a hundred grand, but because I would work weekends, right? So 
I worked 140 weekends in a row. There's not a lot of people that are willing to do that. Yeah. But I wanted that money because then I, and I had friends around me that were buying houses all the time. So that was always my motivation. Motiv no, my desire. Yeah. Like I just wanted to play on the monopoly table. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to play to win and I, I needed certain things to play. Right. And I didn't have them through my small business, my small business. I got no real leverage and I didn't really get a lot of leverage either being an employee, but I eventually, you know, and I, I read at least, I would say 10 books a year about, you know, I've read Timothy Ferris. I've read the E-Myth. I've read all of these different books that talk about, you know, how do you get yourself out of that quadrant, right? Like rich dad, poor dad. I've, I've played cash flow 20, 30, 40 times in my life. So, but to me, to me, this is kind of like my hobby too, right? I love personal growth. I love seeing transition and change. I love accountability. I love people rising up and being the best versions of themselves, which in a way, when you buy a house, you are being the best version of yourself at that moment, right? You're making a commitment to that asset. You're making a commitment perhaps to your family. You're making a commitment to, you know, this new lifestyle. So to me, that's part of the equation that I really it enjoy. A, it is a big purchase. Like you're like, you're making like a 10, 15, 20 year commitment sometimes. 25, 30. Sometimes Dude, 30. Sometimes no, 70, I mean like where, where you're going to live. Like I'm going to live there for the rest of my life. Yeah, right? but you're on the hook for that mortgage. Well, but you can always years. sell it. So technically, it's you only can like sell five, it within a five year period. Five Otherwise, year you're period. paying out that. I mean, prepayment penalties are. A lot of people puke when you tell them that. Like it's <laughs> it's hardcore. And the, the bank's bank got to get paid. The bank has to get the bank paid. Bank gets paid. They always right? say the, the bank the, makes the bank's make, number one. The bank makes the weird part is if you do the numbers. The house costs three hundred and fifty. The bank makes three hundred and fifty, and you're like, yep. "What?" Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah," because like once all the interest once goes all the interest is paid, you essentially pay double for whatever you bought because it's yeah. such a long holding period. They love that. I mean, they like them longer. Eh? We don't finance a bottle of water for thirty years, right? Like you just wouldn't do that. But the yeah. banks are, yeah, and they're first on title. They're, you know, you're second. Yeah, they're you not, actually don't even the own the house. Owner. No, it says God, tenant, no. doesn't it? Yeah, it could be tenants in common, or that depends if you have two people on title. Then you want to like separate the division of it yeah but it's, it's not it's the banks the first it's td whatever that's or it's right. bmo whatever whatever the bank's financing it it's, it's not you it's that's, why it's, that's why it's interesting like where these when you're dealing with these investors and that they they buy it through corporations because then they'll be the first on title not if they have financing involved no no financing they're the financers oh if you're paying cash of course not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So but you like, still have to get the cash from somewhere yeah Right? They, yeah, yeah. Nine times out of ten. Well, you always want to use other people's money if that's, you can. That's what they're saying. Like, so you use the other people's That's one of their principles and for sure. And you flip them, right? And then you like all of a sudden, you, and so you make a couple a couple thousand dollars, twenty. But you tie your dollars. cash up for 30 days to get it under contract. Then you resell it. That's your margin. Yeah. But your cash could be tied up for 60, 90, 100 days. Yeah. Right? So you might have holding costs or you might have, you know, whatever. There's, a lot, there's a lot that goes. You'll learn in the course. Learn you learn the little ins and outs. Yeah. There's a lot well, that goes that's the into thing, it. Like learning those ins and outs. And there's outs some good groups of people. Like if you seriously want to get involved in this, there's a lot of good groups of people in Edmonton, and it it, it becomes your fun. That's what I want. Like just something to do. Like like as in a, the winter, right? Like you're not going to play soccer, right? Yeah. Do you still play soccer? This is your new this is your new mental soccer, right? Yeah. And you got kicked out of hockey. Yeah, I got kicked out of hockey. Why? I have a. He snaps first. <laughs> he snaps first. It's true. I can't play hockey. Like I have a, have a something comes out <gasps> that I, I can't control. Your demons. It comes out. Well, it's not even my demon. It's just it's a very powerful, it's a very powerful essence that comes out. It's the Chilean in you, man. And he it's pops like out, but he pops out. Passion. It's passion. And uh, and I lose control. 
but like for like a split second and I go, whoa. And I mm. ran another thing. I was like, what was that? You know, and it's like, it just uh, comes out pretty, and it comes out pretty heavy. Like, it's like the, okay, it's well, like, I have one button. Let's tame that dark energy No, I have day. one button. And when I play hockey, that button is just like, like the whole game and I'm just like I can't handle this anymore you know like just pushing my button the whole time until I just like I lose it okay well this is a whole other chapter I'm going to introduce you to a really cool book so okay. that if that is a trigger and you truly identify it as a trigger you can dig really deep into that nice mm -hmm. Stevie gets triggered like we all it. get triggered right it well, I know what it is. I, I don't to identify your triggers. I, I know what it is. I usually just stay away from, like it doesn't, like it doesn't happen. Like, I don't like all of a sudden someone does it and I, like I lose it like right away. Yeah. Like I have, a, I am very self-aware, okay. and I avoid people that are like that. Okay. So what do you not like about it? Is the is it the competition? No, it's just disrespectful. Right. When someone's blatantly disrespectful. That's right. So that's your non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. Yeah. And we so all have non-negotiables. Yeah, I guess. And it's like, it's cool. one of those things where you're just like, what the fuck? You know, so I bet like, you that's one of your top five values is to be respectful. Yeah. There's like a lot of respect, loyalty, uh, loving, um, you know, um, honest. Honesty is a big one for mm -hmm. me. Like if people lie to me about little things, then I, I usually cut them off right away. I did that. I did that usually for my own sanity just mm -hmm. because like my imagination is so is so wild and, and vivid like I I'm a visual artist so which means I see everything in my head mm. like I can see things in my head before anything I can visualize that's mm. what I am I'm a visual artist so I see it yeah so I just recreate You're whatever powerful. I vision so when someone and I'm very logical and I'm mm. like I make things make sense to me but what happens is if if shit doesn't add up and someone's lying to me my brain goes like worst case scenario every time. Mm -hmm. So like for my own sanity, I would use, I would just like, oh, okay, you need to go. Because mm -hmm. my brain will just take me places where I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, then you, you get what you think about is what you believe. And then all of a sudden your, your, your feelings go through the roof. You get anxiety, you get stressed out, you know, you just like. Okay, so I'm going to introduce this saying to you and you can take it wherever you want. But if you had the belief that life is happening for you, not to you, why would all those things be happening for you? Which one? All those things that you're experiencing. Before? I know why, why I was dealing with all that stuff before. Like a lot of the stuff wasn't, wasn't even my, wasn't even mine. I was picking up other people's, mm -hmm. I was picking up everyone else's. Cause oh, I you're could, an empath. I, well, I was, I don't, like I haven't been for. Since. Yeah, but you're selectively cutting yourself off. Which one? You are selectively cutting yourself off. Now I'm. It, don't, it doesn't. It's really weird. Is Ever really since weird? the whole thing's changed, like I'm. I don't feel it anymore. Okay. Like you. It's. Can you imagine this. Like growing up your whole life being an empath and feeling everybody's emotions all the time and like learning to like. Okay, you, I need to cut you out. I need to cut you out. Mm -hmm. I'm like. A, and being a, avoiding certain types of people because of the way it, it affects me. Yeah. Emotionally, and then all of a sudden overnight it's just gone, gone, and I'm just like. What happened? Hey, well, if you can teach what you shifted out of, do you know how powerful that is? Forget about real estate selling <laughs> contracts. No, seriously. Yeah. If you could teach people how to do that, if you can get back to that moment of something that you did to switch I, I that off. I didn't really even do anything other than the, like, it was literally. So it was just a choice, you No, think? it was through that baptism. Once I did that baptism. Yeah, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, can you sell baptisms? I was like, like that, seems a little, baptisms? that seems a little wrong. Like, I yeah. was like, that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. 
can't sell those. But well, it was like weird. Like, as soon, as, as, soon as I did it, it was. Why like, can't you sell them? You can sell the experience of them. You can sell the process of them. At the you end of the day, you can explain to people what it's all you can, about. You can, you yes. can monetize it. You, you can, can put a bathtub up here on, on the patio. We can put a bathtub and we can do some baptisms, yeah. but like it just seems perverted. Like, I, th- it seems I wrong. think the moment that you shifted from my opinion is because you believed something changed. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But it, like, it did. For sure it did. Something did. And I, For experienced, sure it did. I experienced something that I can't explain. Cool. And it was just like I did, like all of a sudden it was like a light bulb went off and I can't explain anything and then I just let go and then everything just started to go click 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 click. Awesome. And I was just like, wow, okay. Like, so I you went through surrender. I surrendered, yeah, but surrendered to the right entity. surrender, the yeah. right entity because like I was being asked to surrender to a different entity at the time too, and I was just like, no, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> no, like I recognized it right away, and I'm like, "You cool. are not right. This is not. How did I? How did I end up here? How did I end up?" So this is your gift. Which one? You can see this, hear this, feel this. Yeah, but I think it's gone now. I, mm. The reason why I had it for so long, as I, I honestly, truly believe, is because I've gone through. Uh, I went through three near-death experiences. Really. In my life, I was I was set on fire when I was six. I I drowned when I was about like eight or nine, and then I flipped a car when I was 17. And all of those experiences, I, I something else showed up, you know, like where, and so from there, it was like super sensitive to everything. Cool. Yeah, but it wasn't because it was a curse, mm. because I didn't know what the fuck it was, you know? Right. Like, you know, when you're just like, why am I so stressed out? Why am I have so much anxiety? But you why probably worked with this? people very easily because people weren't telling you what they were feeling, but you were I could able feel to it. know. It was the weirdest thing. People would talk to me and they would spill all of their their inner darkest like mm-hmm. emotional secrets because they felt a specific thing around me. And I was like, mm. why are you telling me all of this stuff? <laughs> like, I'm just these... your trainer. No, but not, not even that. I'd be at a party and someone would just start talking to me and then just start spilling everything on me. And I'm just like... How cool. What? <laughs> I guess. But I'd be like, I don't understand why. I would, I would get all of this stuff all the time. On a you could have monetized that, Stevie. Maybe. Uh, that's what a psychologist does. <laughs> I just think like if you wake up today and you, mu- you move humanity forward in whatever way, shape, or form, like you totally have done your job. Ideally, yeah. Right? That's yeah. true, yeah. That's all we were supposed to do. That's like, all we're supposed to do. We're all supposed to just basically be an example and move forward and then, and then you know, try to... The, the, more, the more souls that we can save, I honestly believe this, the more souls that we can yeah. save as we go in is, is what you're really actually working on. Like anything right. else you're kind of doing well, on we're, your own. You know, we're talking kind of briefly trust. about the states. We're talking about segregation. We're talking about... I don't want to get into the crazy negatives because it's all just opinion and perspective, right? But... What is it going to take to save us out of all of that? It's mm-hmm. going to be the people, right? They, and that's, they're afraid of the people. The power is in the people, right? And we've been hearing that up for generations and generations and generations. It, it is in us. Well, the power, this is where the power resides in what you, where you put it. So if you think that phone is, has power, it has power. Because you put yeah. power into it. Power only exists where you put it. So as soon as you start to realize that, you just don't give it power. Yeah. It's like having your boss come up to you and tell you where you go, you know, yeah. like bark at you. If you allow him to bark at you, like there's certain, like, there's certain things, like I've been reading the Bible quite heavily, and you, you, you read certain things, and, uh, and you read it, and you're like, well, that was dark. And I'm just like, but it was true. I'm just like, there's certain things in there, like talks about like where if a slave master beats his slave, 
and beats him before he dies, and then he doesn't die, and then he comes back, and the slave master continues to work for his master, he's, he owns that slave forever, right? Mm. That's a true statement because that slave went back to the master that beat him to almost to, to death. Mm-hmm. So that, mes- to that message is not for the master. That message is for the slave. The slave's supposed to come back and kill the guy? No, the slave is not supposed out? to dip out. You know, like, Just like don't, I'm done. I'm done. I'm Fuck out. That, I'm you know, out. Fuck you. I'm not helping you anymore. No. So like those statements are true in a sense. And like, yeah, you know, that message is not for the master saying you can beat your slave. That message was for the slave saying, yo, and man, if someone choice. takes advantage of you mm. and beats and like and and. And, and does bad things to you, and you continue to go back to them, they own you. Mm-hmm. You know? They own you. And that's a true statement. Like, you can't, you can't default the truth. You right. know? Like, that's, that's why, you know, the truth will set you free. But, like, once you see it, you're like, yeah, man, I'm just like... Wow, that's actually crazy. Very deep. Yeah. The problem is seeing it, being able to see it. You that's where the self-awareness comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Or the patterns, or like, hey, why am I so bitchy and reactive today? Oh, yeah, because my boyfriend is a asshole to me yeah but it's even that stuff like people's arguments for instance like every argument that in relationships i didn't like it's so weird i did so much psychology studying and stuff like i should have been a psychologist at some point but like every argument in a relationship comes down to two basic categories it's either uh power and compliance Mm -hmm. so who's in control right am i in control or are you in control and there one of them has to submit so there always has to be someone who's submitted to the other person doesn't matter who One's right, in even a decision on a restaurant. Right? Like, yeah. Hey, where are we going? What do we? Eat? You know, like, and if it's your domain, like for instance, if 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 uh, the the backyard, you know, you manage the backyard, and then I come in back there and I throw shit around, you'll lose your shit and you'll start an argument with me about like, you know, don't leave a fucking, you know, a soccer ball laying around on my on my lawn, you know, and be like, it's just soccer ball. It's not about the soccer ball. The, the argument is about it's kind of the respect to the power know. and compliance over who's 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 in control of that that domain. So you have to kind of look at the root cause. And the other arguments that always break down is value and neediness. Mm-hmm. So when someone's value goes up and they become more valuable, which means that more people want to spend time with them, or the other person's neediness automatically goes up. So then, as soon as someone's value goes up, the other person becomes annoying and this and that. It's just what happens because like you're. Your value is not matching up to the other person's value, so your neediness increases. So as soon as they start spending more time away from you, you're like, you never home, you never do this, you never do that. And when like, I join the cult, yes. And it has nothing to do with you joining the cult. It has to do with you're not spending time with me. That's all it is, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, you have to start looking at what, what is this argument actually about? Like, what are we arguing about here? Are we arguing about the garbage can? Like, realistically? I'm very bad with um, intimate one-on-one relationships like dating because mm-hmm. I like variety <laughs> and I like a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm an only child. And I survived in my own neighborhood by I can go to person X's house from 830 to, you know, 845 and then I'm going to travel over here to person Y's house. And that's how I ran my life as a child because I was bored. And I didn't want to stay at home. So as an adult, I'm kind of like, well, really? Like, we, we have to hang out more than once or twice a week? Like, feels like a lot. That's hilarious. I'm kind of the same a little bit, yeah. I used to do that, too. I used to jump from one, like, I used to never be in a social group. I Bounce to, around I used from to jump from one ones. group to the next group. To yeah. The next group. I would get, like a, like, a bit of, you know, flavor over here. Yeah, and I, ooh, yeah. I want some spicy over here. And then I'd be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really like you guys, but I enjoy you, you know, like. Yeah. Just get my flavors all over the place. 
Yeah. And it's hard to make that one commitment to, oh, this is my flavor. This is what I'm going to do all the time. I really yeah. can't. Well, when you put that type of, I have to do it, that's when it ends up being, I don't want to do it. But like, if you just do it because you just like enjoy it, then you just do it. But like you, it's that whole birdcage effect. So when people are in a birdcage together, they feel that and I'm like, oh, I can't go see what's outside the birdcage, you know? And so you always want to know what's on the other side of the birdcage. But mm -hmm. then you leave the birdcage and you realize. You're like, hey, this is crap out here. I really liked being in the birdcage, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> that's funny. You know, so it's uh it's it's that same thing. Like everyone likes what the, everyone likes the other person's grass. Everyone mm -hmm. thinks everyone's green grass is greener. It's always like that, man. Yeah. But hey, so let's got, uh, let's get well, close to wrapping supper. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, advice. Mm -hmm. I know it's kind of taking it back. So advice to someone first starting out in business. You were saying network. Um, network. Get your mentorship yeah. in order. Yeah. And that was actually one of the mandatory things of getting a loan with uh, BDC and the um, Canadian Women Business Foundation. You had to have a mentor mm -hmm. and you had to meet with them once a week. Yeah. And because to me, it was like, oh, I just want to see how does this person live? How do they plan their day? You know, we, or how are they managing their time, their assets, their, their energy, their cash flow, their resources, everything, right? So it was extremely beneficial to me. Yeah. I would say read as much as you can and and so i've spent a hundred thousand dollars and now what i've spent a hundred thousand dollars is 100 percent free on youtube that's wild hey there, right there's no excuse for you not to do tony robbins material it's right there, there. is it online absolutely you can get it really? all of it all of it yeah. all of it uh deepak chopra's stuff if you want to learn to meditate or you want to you know almost i don't know i find deepak chopra kind of a little bit of a I'm he's like, a billionaire, well, isn't he? Okay. No, because he's more of a businessman than he is as a spiritual guy. Because like I've watched this thing and I'm just like, you, want me you watch this documentary? I watched the documentary his son did on him, and I'm just like, his son his threw, son him, under threw him under the bus. His son threw him under the bus. However, the Johnson and Johnson guy did that too. He threw him under the bus, and I was just like, because he was showing the real Deepak Chopra instead of like. Okay, the, the, the real Deepak Chopra. Yes, he's always on his phone. True, <laughs> but I've met him in person, and I know there's a lady in the city that was his first employee like 34 years ago. She lives yeah. in this city. She's a real and she goes to hippie church. She's a really cool woman. Yeah. So she knows him like they talk on the phone daily. And he is so committed to transformation and change. It is about the money. He makes a ton of money. A ton. Like every little event festival he runs, he's making close to $300,000. Jeez, let's go. Okay. But he is always booking another gig, always doing another interview, always writing another book, always planning another X, Y, Z. yeah. Because he is committed to implementing that change. It's not about the money. It really is not. His son tried to make it look like he is about the money. Because you know he's on I, his phone 24 no, hours a day. But you know, what I, you know what I gather from the documentary? Is mm -hmm. that his dad is so committed to, to, this, to this movement. He's missing out on his family. He's missing out on his family. And that's what is, that was the message I got. For sure. That was like he's this so and, blind and, to the fact that his oh, family okay. is just like... And what percentage of the male population is committed to providing? And that's all he's doing. He's yeah. providing the most excellent life he can for humanity and mm -hmm. his family. And is, does he have the blinders on? 5,000%. But I could name you another million people in this city that are doing the same thing. But that's what I'm saying. Like, how enlightened are you if you can't see what's right in front of you? You know, well, if you can't see that your family's basically saying... I don't know. You don't know the inner workings I don't of this know. whole thing. I Neither don't of know. us do. None Neither of us. I just saw what was do. on the camera. That's and hilarious. And I could see it, though. but I was just like, 
And you saw it too. Yes. You saw it too. That I was just like, that's. He big time threw his bus. Threw his <laughs> dad <laughs> under bus. Threw his dad under the bus. Big time. He did. Big time. Yeah. And and maybe that was his point. Like, hey, dad, pay attention to us because we're the family. But but Deepak would rebuttal and say, no, I'm here for humanity. Zip it. Yeah. Go get a job, buddy. <laughs> I already raised you. Beat I, it. I already <laughs> raised you. Beat it. Skedaddle. <laughs> you probably have an unlimited credit card. Get out of my house and yeah. make some. Do something yeah. to help humanity to push us further along, right? That's wild. So we have uh, uh, get the mentor. Get the mentor. Yeah. Have a plan. Have a plan. Right? You know, you have to have a business plan. You Doesn't have even have to be a good plan. Just a plan. A plan for sure. Um, you know, save money for sure. Have have low overhead. You know, I'm 40 years old. I have a roommate. People laugh at me and they're like, why? You know, I, I, okay, I own multiple properties. I own rental properties. Why do I have a roommate? Because I like $700 for Starbucks. That's why. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. It just splits it up. Yeah. Not only that, but like, like I have a roommate and I'm just like, I like, the, I like the company, you know, like I don't I see do like the company often. too. You know? Um, I like the camaraderie. I, 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 I work from home for a little bit, then I go out, show real estate, and then I come home. So I kind of want that hour by myself to decompress. But after that, I'm like, hey, who's here? What do you want to do? Yeah, it's kind of good that way, yeah. And then uh, we could talk about maybe li- oh. list off five books that really stuck out to you. Like you five, read, like, you're, you're reading 10 a year. 10 a year. I'm yeah. reading 10 a year, yeah, and I'm doing Audible very often. Yeah. I'm going to the gym in a fasted state for two hours. I can't so. even believe she... She didn't like. She didn't come off the fast very, very good. I sometimes I break good. Sometimes I don't. But yeah, I went to that. I went to a potluck party and I was like, <laughs> I was giving her shit. I was like, did you just finish your fast? Because yeah, when did you finish? Like now? And she's eating all this. Stuff. Just I'm like, banging all and like, like and But it, yeah, and I went to bed like instantly. And I was like, and my Yo. kidneys hurt. Yeah, poor like, kidneys. Your lower back. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, told yeah, them, like, yeah. yeah, these are working overtime right <laughs> now. And it was like overtime. a Saturday night, and I was like, woo. Somebody hit the cheese hard. Bedtime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, so I called funny. it. I was just like, oh, I can't believe you do it. Because I, I, I got my ass kicked and I, I did it properly. And on day four, my fucking kidneys were hurting. Yeah, I passed kidney like, stones though. Oh, for wow. Sure. You're a seasoned kidney pain person. Yep. yep. I've had nights where I can't, like I'm not as bad now. But I've had cortisol jacked to the roof nights where you can't sleep. I've had to give up coffee. I've had to give up water. And I've passed a couple of kidney stones, but now when I fast, I don't get any of that pain. Wild. I don't. So, and I would do a baking soda and lemon shot, you know. And once yeah. again, there's, if you want this, it's on YouTube and it's free. Yeah. Right. It's all there. We don't have to pay. Still recommend people. you try using a doctor at some point. Under they always say, you know. Yeah, yeah. We have to throw that out there. Yeah. Well, they say that because of liability. Yeah, we're saying that with liability. Yeah. Yeah. Exchange. Consult the doctor. Consult the doctor before you do any type of long day fast. Fasting. Yeah. Some long fast. Consult your doctor, please. But that's interesting, though. Like the reason why I I did the fast is because like the the control issue, like the the some of the things that you want to control is one your food. Yeah. Sex drive. Um, And what was the other one that um, uh, you want to try to get control over? Your tongue. Huh? Your tongue and your thoughts. Your tongue, thoughts. Like these are things yeah. that you want to. It is so true. When you become disciplined to say no to your stomach and then your brain texts over, right? And then you're like, no, we have to eat. We have to eat. And you're like, no, we don't. It's a wild feeling, eh? That and it is so powerful. Day, that first day and a half, like two days, is just like. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so good now. If, if I can get to 48, I can get to 72. And if I pass 72, watch out. 
Well, it's a, I have like a laser beam focus. Well, no, it's like a cycle though, because like I found day one and day two were the hardest because all I was like, after 12 hours, it's like, okay, we're going to eat, we're going to eat, we're going to eat, we should go eat, let's go eat. Mm-hmm. Are you hungry? Let's go hungry. Mm-hmm. Gonna, I'm like, shut up. You know, Everybody's like, different. But mm-hmm. that's what, what was happening. My brain was just like for the first 40, 48 hours, it was like that. And then yeah. you get past it. And then day, day seven, I, I got my ass whooped because yeah. I was. Just you like, will fall off. You fall because of you. You go because your adrenal that st- glands are too. Yeah, wired. no, you go into that state where your body is like, okay, now we need to re- reorganize everything. <laughs> we need to reevaluate here. Yeah, people. so then all of a sudden your body just shuts down and you're like, I can't move. I'm so tired. I'm bagged. I don't know. I feel sick. I feel like I got the flu. You yeah. Know? And then the next day you wake up and you're like, Whoa. hey, you guys should have Cole Robinson on that show. You know who that is? Um. What does he scream at people? Hey, fatty. Oh, that guy? He's local. Oh, jeez. He's local. Yeah, that'd Did be a big that? one. That's the one where he's got like fat that women. That's fine. Fat, what you, yeah. Why, what, what, what's the deal with you that? You fat pig so, women. Yeah. What, what well, is that's a, that's a workout what, guy. Like that's a trainer. No, he, he is. He's, he's an intermittent fast. Guy. He's a snake diet guy. He has he's a million followers, I think, on YouTube. Um, he is so mean, so direct. He yells at people at every single video. But I got to tell you something. If you meet him in person, which I did... He cares about people and he cares about overweight kids. He does not charge money and he has a, if he earns money, he gives it away in a contest for kids to lose weight. And it's all about like, get off the food. He's a, he's a, he's a bit of a, a, a pattern interrupt marketer. Like he that's just right. he uses that a to pattern, pattern, interrupt. pattern interrupt. Yeah, he's that, interrupting a pattern because you see a sign that says that. He shocks the shit out of you. Yeah, it's a oh, shock. Yeah. But then if you really pull it away, you're like, oh, he's kind of got. So some he'll truth he'll stare at the camera and he'll wait for a thousand people to come on. I don't know what his number is, but he's got a number, and he'll stare at the camera, stare at the camera, and then he goes, "Hey, fatty," <laughs> and he starts. Yeah, and he just rants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's get him on the show. Actually, <laughs> let's get him on. Yeah, 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 let's do it. I'll reach out to him. Hey, he's, fatty. He's got Facebook. Hey, fatty. Yeah. But it works. It yeah, does yeah, work. You got a lot of flack for that. Like, you got a lot of flack. I saw okay. the one because he, he got a lot of, sign on the show. He got a lot of flack because people don't understand why he's really doing it. If you meet him in person, he is a 1,000% genuine guy. He is 1,000% committed to his mandate. Yeah. It's not about him. It's not about the money. You know, he lives with a Muslim family for free because he is pairing with people that are finding like patterns of fasting. Wild. Exactly. So yeah, he's... Yeah. He's very connected, very connected to the mission. Like, he's cool. Okay, my books. I want to say my five books. Um, Napoleon, Think and Grow Rich is the first most powerful book in the world, number one. Mm-hmm. I feel like every book is based on that. Yeah? Yeah. You got to have enthusiasm. You know, I love it. You got to be excited. You know, I love him too. Like, he's right? great. Yeah. Napoleon Hill. Um, the Power of Your Subconscious Mind would be number two, Joseph Murphy. And then I would say uh, anything on meditation, anything that is bringing the science of the brain, like the Joe Dispenza's. I'm really into Joe Dispenza right now. Um, powerful. I mean, one, one Deepak Chopra um, seminar, we got to who is your mentor? Who who is your idol, and why do you idolize them? Mm-hmm. And you got to write down all the characteristics of why you love that person, or you idolize them, or their behaviors, or what it was, right? And then you wrote down all the things that you value because we do operate on values, right? We're always looking for someone to match our values, right? So if you're very kind and very courteous and very generous, I'm going to see that because those are those are things that I like to 
witness in myself as well. You mirror that, yeah. I mirror that, right? And all the bad stuff in yourself, you'll see it in me too. That's true. Yeah. So if there's certain things you don't like about yourself, you'd be like, and then it, you, you yeah. see, you'll see it in me. Yeah. Like I'll do something and be like, fuck, I didn't do that. <laughs> and I'm reading an absolutely amazing book right now. And Hippie Church is on Sundays at 10:30. It's 101 Avenue and 75th Street, right beside the car wash. It's called the Center for Spiritual Wellness. One. One oh one oh one. One oh one Ave. One oh one Ave. So Avenue. Forest Heights. And, and 75th Street, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky Ave and 101 Ave. Yeah, right beside okay. the car wash. Okay. Oh, I'm just trying to think which car wash that is. Is that the rock and roll? No. No, that's not the good one on 50th Street. No. no. <laughs> um, so 150 of us are doing this book called The 15 Conscious Leadership Principles. And everybody's a leader, right? It, it, I'm not talking like a CEO leader. I'm talking about within your group of friends, within your family, within your... Um, corporation within your work within whatever it is right so we have a hundred and fifty people doing that book and we're doing it over 15 months we're only doing one chapter a month so I think that's cool and I think that that's exciting and I invite you to come do that with us at the hippie church at hippie church yeah I'll check it out one of these days it's a beautiful place if you're connected to spirit and so it's non-denominational they say any way that you can connect with spirit whether it's facing the east or connecting with a light or connecting with a prayer or whatever you want to do however you connect is beautiful wonderful we're never going to question that but we provide a center for all those people to connect spiritually this sounds like uh the masons minus um the handshakes <laughs> yeah. i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding that's that's what the masons believe mm. yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic place. <laughs> it's the handshake, the special handshake. <laughs> we need a special handshake. <laughs> Stevie's the pioneer of those. Of which the handshake? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but hey, I think, uh, I think we could do that as an episode. Okay. Yeah. Thank cool. I, think we, I think we hit the time. Uh, Steve Van Dees, Cameron Barkey, Jennifer Jen Murphy. Murphy. Where, do, where do they find you? Where, where can our audience find you? Uh, what platforms? What's happening? Where do they buy a house off you? Yeah, where do they buy a house? Yeah. I have jenmurphysells.com.ca. That's my website. Yeah. I am with Remax, my brokerage, on 66th Street and 30th Avenue. This is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. You can, if you want to invest, if you want to be a first-time home buyer. Um, my majority of my clients, I work with 20 clients a year, and I would say 80% of them are first-time home buyers. And then the other 5% are investors, and the other 15% are people, usually past clients. And you, do you specifically go, you said Spanish niche, niche like Spanish-speaking niche? I go speak to a group of people that just got their PR cards. I go speak once a month to them. Wild. And then you sell them homes. Sweet. If they're ready, yeah. Yeah. Show them how. All right. So our Spanish-speaking audience out there. Spanish-speaking audience, yeah. If you guys need a house, jenmurphysells.com.ca. Yep. You have to have a barbecue for me and my friends after. Yeah, yep. that's the rule. There you go. That's the rule. <laughs> that's the rule. You got to throw a barbecue at your house. I want carne asada. Yeah. 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 So good. But carne, hey, guys, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, wrap that up as episode. Right? What do you think? Episode. Thank, All right. That's much. episode 32, my friends. Take care. In the books. In the books. In See the you guys books. later. Peace. Bye. <laughs>